Welcome to The Throwdown. This is our very first episode where we talk about sports, sports, and nothing but more sports. I am here at the lounge watching a little bit of the pregame for the Little League World Series and kind of looking through um, all the different things that ESPN is bringing out, you know, their lead, their scores, and news around the sports world um, as I am talking with you guys. So don't know if many of you guys, how many of you guys watch the Little League World Series. We'll, we'll deal with this today. Um, there's a little bit about this area that I like to discuss and, uh, you know, some people will agree some people will disagree with my opinion and you know in my mind that's what makes you know the world that we live in great is that you don't have to agree with my opinion and I don't have to agree with yours but you know we can agree to disagree and you know there will be eventually something out there that I say that you will agree with um and if not then I would love to hear a topic that you would like to like me to discuss on my podcast and see if I, if it's something that we can't, you know, find that we can agree on. But for right now, um, I'm going to speak about the Little League World Series and some facts about it that I have found to be very interesting, as well as um, just some of the issues that I find with the Little League World Series. So to get started, uh I'm not sure, you know, like I said, I don't know how many of you guys, you know, know a lot about the Little League World Series for baseball and softball and whatnot, but an interesting fact that I just found out is that these umpires that they have that stick through the entire series, the entire tournament, they are not paid. Uh, They... They do get their home, you know, their room and board, their hotel room. They do get per diem for food and whatnot, and that does, you know, that is covered, so they're not having to come out of pocket for that. And, you know, they do get new uniforms um, and new equipment, updated equipment and all of that stuff. But as far as earning a paycheck like umpires, you know, at your Little League recreational games or tournaments in your local area – you know they don't they're not getting compensated for their time that they probably take away from their normal job to go out there so they're a hundred percent volunteer people and I just think that's pretty pretty remarkable that you've got enough people that are willing to take off of work you know get it granted you know they have days off. They have PTO days off from their jobs that they save up for, to go and help out with this how they can. And, you know, the Little League World Series officials probably do a very great job about scheduling people accordingly. So, you know, there's not one umpire that's, you know, doing games the entire time and having to miss a lot of work. But I just think, you know, for these people to be unselfish the way that they are and they get out there and they do this as a volunteer thing and they you know take time away from their jobs that they could have used that time to go on family vacations or go do something for themselves instead they go out and they umpire these games for these kids because that's something that you know 
it means the world to these kids. It's something that, you know, they are, you know, these kids grow up from, you know, three or four years old. They start playing the game. They, you know, dive into it, fall in love with it, and they watch these on TV. And then, you know, they watch the MLB on TV and their first step that they want to get to, their first goal that most of the coaches say is, you know, let's make the Little League World Series team. Um, And that's a great goal to reach for. You know, the best way to achieve your dreams is one step at a time. And, you know, if you've got kids that are listening to the podcast with you and or, you know, are talking with your kids about their dreams and their goals about going pro it's always best whatever it is even if it's not athletics whatever it is it's always best to have small steps small goals that they can continue to reach and build towards their end dream or end goal of whether it be major league baseball or becoming a doctor or any of that kind of stuff um so it's definitely something to sit there and you know if you've got young children that are starting to play sports right now and they you know they're starting to fall in love with the game and you're starting to enjoy it it's always good to sit there and think about what's what's a good first first goal for them to accomplish you know whether it's just making a hit and getting a base you know getting the first base without being thrown out or without being tagged out or if it's soccer you know kicking the ball without falling down and looking at dandelions and stuff like that. Um, I know I've got nieces and nephews and two boys of my own that, you know, there's times that they just, they disengage from the game and they continue to, you know, be kids. And it's hard to keep kids engaged through an entire game, which is why, you know, literally games are so short and the older they get, the longer they get because, it's an attention span thing, I feel like. And not only attention span, but, you know, their energy just wears out a little bit faster than most kids, you know, and adults and teenagers do because they're not out working out and staying fit and whatnot that, you know, middle school, teenagers, college and professional athletes are doing on a day to day basis to be able to compete at the high level that they're wanting to compete at. So that is, you know, Again, something that I've kind of realized and I just found out with the Little League World Series umpires. Another thing that this is probably going to be something that a lot of a lot of dads out there may not really agree with and whatnot. Um, but one thing about the Little League World Series that I've noticed, and I've heard other sports talk guys, you know, I live here in Oklahoma. Our number one radio station is the Sports Animal and Jim Traber, you know, hits it on the head every single day that they are talking about, you know, the Little League World Series and how these kids are throwing, you know, throwing these cha- these breaking balls, curve balls, sliders, all these different kinds of breaking balls at such a young age. And, you know, I agree with him 100% that it's not something that should, that these kids should be, should be doing. Um, you know, we... We teach our kids and we're told by doctors that, you know, the children's brains are constantly developing throughout their entire childhood and that everything that they're learning and everything they hear and see and interact with is getting embedded into their brain and it's their brain is a sponge. Well, the rest of the body is the same way. You know, it's 
when you're a pitcher and you're throwing breaking balls and a curveball, a slider, anything that is requiring a lot of pop at the elbow, you know, as a parent, you're doing nothing but potentially leading them to a serious injury in the future. Uh, you know, there's Tommy John surgery, which a lot of professional athletes have it. I've had friends and, you know, friends of my of my family that they've had their kids in high school have Tommy John surgery because the kids are learning to throw change-ups or not change-ups, I'm sorry, but curveballs and sliders and other stuff like that and at such a young age and it's tearing up the ligaments and the tendons and everything inside of their elbows and then their arms and whenever they get to a point where they could go, you know, to college and play or go to you know, the pros and play their, their bodies are just unable to keep up at that point because they've worn them out by, you know, parents trying to make their kid, you know, put their kid on that next level that other kids aren't at yet. And that that child shouldn't be at as well. Um, you know, I've got a son that plays baseball. I've got a son that plays football and soccer and both of them, you know, have played basketball and whatnot. And with baseball, you know, he, he's an outfielder and an infielder. He doesn't do a lot of pitching, but as he gets older and as he starts to, you know, figure out if that's something that he does want to pursue as a player is uh, pitching, then he's definitely not going to be throwing, you know, curveballs, sliders, anything like that that requires a lot of snap at the elbow that can lead to some serious damage to his tendons and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I heard some of the guys on the sports talk radio this morning talking about how there's a couple of professionals that, you know, all throughout their childhood, you know, high school and college days, you know, they really just threw fastballs, you know, four seamer, two seamer, and then change-ups. And then they really didn't go into throwing, you know, curveballs or sliders or any of that kind of stuff until they did get into the pros and they knew that their elbows were fully developed and they still went on to become, you know, great pitchers. Um, you know, most of, you know, most of, um, professional athletes, you know, they do have those breaking balls and whatnot, but, you know, one of the things, um, you know, I'll, for one instance, Mariano Rivera, a lot of people, a lot of people know him, uh, you know, the Yankees closer that was so, so dominant throughout his years as a Yankee, um, was, is, you know, a hall of famer, one of the best pitchers to ever play the game, um, only throws three pitches. Uh, it's a two-seam fastball, a four-seam fastball, and then a cut fastball. And, you know, th his stats here are saying, you know, through 82% cutters from 08 to 13, and, you know, all three of those pitches are reaching anywhere from, you know, 88 miles an hour all the way up to 94 miles an hour. No curveball, no slider, no UFIS, you know, none of that stuff. No circle change, none of that kind of stuff. Um, and it's it's proven it's been proven that you can be, you know, a dominant pitcher at 
the highest level and be a Hall of Fame pitcher without you know throwing any kind of a breaking ball other than a cut fastball. Um, and even then, it's not even really you know that big of a cut ball as bad as you know a curveball or a slider, in my opinion. Um, so you know, for you you dads out there that are listening, that your kids are young and getting into sports, you know it's. It's okay if you're teaching your kid how to pitch and you're telling them, you know, hey, fastballs only. You know, work on placement. I teach, you know, my son with him just now learning to pitch and how I was learned, you know, how I was taught how to pitch whenever I first started playing baseball was, you know, let's focus on your accuracy first and then we'll we'll move on to velocity. And I was taught that, you know, I played football and basketball, soccer, and baseball. So, you know, I was taught that in all all my sports. Soccer, hey, let's focus on kicking the ball accurately before we start trying to put more and more power into it. Basketball, hey, let's focus on doing an accurate pass before you start putting, you know, some power behind it. Football, hey, let's work on throwing the ball five yards accurately 100 times, and then we'll back that up to 10 yards and 15 and 20 and so on. So, you know, if if there's dads out there that are looking for opinions on how to get your kids started, in my opinion, I think it's always best to, you know, let them go out there, give them a target, play catch with them, whether it be football, you know, basketball, baseball, kick a soccer ball with soccer and whatnot. Um, I mean, so you can you can definitely sit there and just work on the accuracy. If they can get the accuracy down, then in little league and middle school, you know, even in high school, if you if they can place the ball wherever they want to place the ball, they're going to be more dominant than the kid that just throws a curveball over the middle of the plate and hopes that that batter is not able to connect on his curveball. Um, you know. The kids that play quarterback, you know, I coach middle school football and, you know, the kids that we have playing quarterback, they don't have any accuracy and they've just, it looks like that they have just been taught to just grab the ball and throw it as hard as you can in the direction that you're wanting to throw it to. And so there's no accuracy for it to be beneficial. And, you know, I feel like little league, little league sports is an opportunity if you are a coach and you're listening and you're trying to figure out how to help, you know, prepare kids for that middle school, high school, and college level. I feel like it is your job to teach them the basics, the very basics, the fundamentals of the game. If you have never played the game in your life and you're doing it because your kid wants to play, and if they didn't have a, you know, if you didn't coach, they weren't going to have a team. I, you know, it is in your best interest to do as much research as possible, watch YouTube videos. Um, there are plenty of YouTube videos out there for, you know, tutorials from major league players and coaches, college coaches, college players, uh, you know, retired players or guys who've made it to the pros and they're just free, free agents at the time. You know, there's all these resources for you guys to sit there and, uh, you know, be able to watch and listen and learn so that way you can teach the kids the, the correct way how to play games and how to develop in that sport. Uh, the one thing that I see a lot of is, you know, 
you get these dads that played in high school and you know they were one of the top players at their high school back whenever it was only 20 kids in the graduating class and they think that you know they think that they're just God's gift to to the sport and I've seen it with my kids that I teach in middle school you know these these kids are getting you know they're being taught improper ways to play the game and then when they get to middle school it's bad habits and like a lot of parents probably tell their kids bad habits are hard to break and it's true in sports more than ever um i have kids who you know are lowering their head to make tackles and all that's going to do is eventually whenever they find a kid who's going to run through them instead of trying to dodge the tackle because they're scared of getting hit it's going to lead to some major injuries and that's the one thing that you know really really irritates me with some of these little league coaches for you know any sport is that they just they're looking for wins they're looking for what can i do to make money or to to get wins from my kids because to most coaches winning is everything you know your job as a coach is to make the sport fun for the kids figure their way out to teach them how the right way to play the game is how the you know how to do the basics very well you know you you've got to perfect the basics first um you know most of us if not all of us that are listening you know know of michael jordan and tom brady and lebron james and you know numerous pitchers nolan ryan all these all these you know greats of the games that they've played in and where the reason why these guys are so great is because of them perfecting the basics. You watch LeBron James, and you know, and I'm not a huge LeBron James fan, but I'll give it to him. When you watch LeBron James go into a game, you see that he's doing the fundamentals and the basics perfectly. When Michael Jordan played, you could see everything he was doing was crisp and perfect. The basics, the very basics that he was doing the fundamentals of the game was perfect. Nolan Ryan, you know, is his fundamentals of pitching and everything are perfect. You know, Shotani right now for the Angels is doing stuff that we've never even seen. You know, he's literally playing professional baseball like these little leaguers where he's in pitching for seven or eight innings and then he's moved to right field to be an outfielder so that way he can continue to bat in the lineup and everything and is hitting more home runs than any of the field players and whatnot. And so, you know, and the reason why he's able to do that is because of his God-given ability, but also him perfecting those basics and the fundamentals. That way he's able to continue to progress from that instead of continuing, you know, to do bad habits. And that all starts at the little league level is teaching the kids the proper way to play the game, how to be good sports, and then how you know what they can do to sit there and you know stay on track to just continue to get better and do the basics and the fundamentals of the game first before adding anything complicated to it um you know i'll i'll take this this last bit off the air for today um and then we'll discuss a different topic tomorrow but you know i'm i'm sitting here you know, watching this Little League World Series game, <clears throat> and 
I'm, you know, right now the Nebraska pitcher, he just he just threw a curveball. And when I watched Sports Center the other night, one of the top pitchers that you see all over Facebook and all over Sports Center and everything is, you know, they showed highlights of him on Sports Center, you know, throwing curveball after curveball after curveball after curveball and you know the guys on the sports animal you know said it best if if you really want to see how good these kids are and see if them throwing these off speed and breaking ball pitches in little league is you know going to help them then write down these kids names you know write these kids names down they're all you know 12 13 years old so they've all got about you know, 10 more years until you should be seeing them in the big leagues. But, you know, write down these pitchers that you see right now dominating the Little League World Series and put that away, you know, in an email, something like that, um, you know, on your phone, in your Google Play, you know, your notes on your phone, anything like that. Or if you are old school and have pen and paper, write write their names down and just set it aside and in a couple, 10, 15 years, go in and see if these kids are still playing Major League Baseball. See if they made it, even made it to college um, or made it to a you know, big Division I college or signed a professional contract or anything like that. And that will kind of show you if you don't have kids and you're you know, planning on having kids and wanting to get them in sports, you can see if what these kids are doing right now in the Little League World Series is really benefiting them or if you teaching the basics and just leaving pitching as a fastball game as in little league is going to be you know just as beneficial for your kids for their future in that game as well. Thank you guys for joining Throwdown. Tomorrow's podcast we will discuss the alliance in the NCAA and what that means for some of the Big Twelve teams and the SEC and the playoff as we move forward. Thank you guys for joining in and listening, and I hope that you guys will come back. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you.